Hey, this is Erin Lindstrom, and you're listening to Thank You For You. This is a show about celebrating and acknowledging our humanness as well as our beingness, the easy and the hard, the gifts and the (laughs) gifts we don't really like but choose to accept anyway. This is a show about and for people in pursuit of more peace, more joy, more money, more justice, and more of the awe that life has to give us. Thank you for being here, and thank you for you. We're just going to have B-roll behind the scenes. Tell me more. I love that. (laughs) It's surprisingly good because I saw the PB&J coffee the last time I went to 7-Eleven and I was like, hmm. Hmm. I said, you know what? I I don't feel like messing with all these creamers. So I'll just put a little, I did half PB&J, half coffee. So it's like a PB&J latte, I guess. It's pretty good. It's surprisingly good. Wait, is PB&J like a thing you press like the hot chocolate? Yeah, so it's like hot chocolate, PB&J, they have like a white chocolate mocha, and right now they have lavender syrup you can use as well, which I, I was never, bummed. Never heard of the PB&J drink. It's pretty, I think it's for the summer, but I don't know. Like, I had never seen it before either, but I was like, hmm, color okay. me curious. I'm interested. I'm, I'm here for that. And here we are now, listeners. Um, I'm holding a cup of 7-Eleven coffee. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Mm-hmm. All right, well, if you're just tuning in, uh been a minute welcome back to thank you for you i'm here with alex weller alex welcome to the pod hi i'm so happy to be here i love thanking and i love for you so this is great love it so (laughs) so we've never done this before so you're you're here it's our first time yeah the dealio is that we're just gonna like talk for a couple minutes and then we're gonna go into the episode and One of my favorite questions, so this weekend I had two of my friends, one from college, one from high school here, and we went to college all next to each other. So we've become friends. Yeah. And my favorite question that got asked was like, what made you laugh the hardest lately? And so Alex, I'd like to ask you that. What's like the funniest thing that happened to you lately? Lately, the funniest thing that, the funniest thing that happened to me actually is dog related. I was talking to Molly and molly's one of our friends listeners um, we have friends but, yeah we have friends believe it or not i know it's hard to believe but i was talking to her and we were talking about her dog crispy she just got and i was like yeah you know it just sucks i really hate like i just man i can never get him into the crate i have to carry him there every time she's like what i'm like yeah i have to don't you aren't you tired of carrying him into his crate he never goes in she's like no i just throw a treat in there and then he runs and goes in so I have been carrying him every time I put him away and Molly's just like what and I was like no (laughs) this can't be true but we laughed really hard because we like making fun of each other and I feel like there were other funny things but I don't know lots of joyous things have been happening to me yeah have you been enjoying nice I have been enjoy. I got to play some air hockey last night and have a delicious Reuben. You know, I have an awesome apartment. I got a cool job. I get to be on a podcast. I love it. It's great. Thriving. Yeah. What about you? What's the funniest thing that's happened to you recently? The funniest thing that happened to me was probably like this weekend, or I guess it was really like Sunday night after the kids went to bed. Mommy <gasps> took an edible. <laughs> and and so like hanging out with my friends from years ago like we laughed so hard like I was like crying sobbing can't breathe laughing which is like that's probably my favorite thing on earth um yeah and so it was so fun and what I like realized in that is it's very weird like 
relationships, like friends that are actually old friends now. You know what I mean? I remember being in college and thinking like, I think these are my people that will be my friends for a long time. Then you kind of lose touch. And I went on a very Mm -hmm. different path when I like got pregnant with Violet and then moved here and all that. Um, So like to be back in the like, oh, I hoped, I hoped this would happen. Like I thought we were this, but then you don't know for a little while. And then when you get to the point where you are, it's like very surreal and just like fun and joyful and just made me like, remember, like they're just certain people you like and like, do you have a connection (laughs) with? Yeah. (laughs) I know that sounds stupid, but like me and Simona in college would like smoke cigarettes together and like looking back, it's like, oh, were we just like doing something and like, you know, we're friendly and now being here on this point in the timeline, it's like, no, I like love you. Like we're so similar and different at the same time. And it just feels good. Oh, that is such a nice, like, like an old friend. That's how exactly how I feel about my friend, Allison Squibbs. Every time I see her, I'm like, this is right. We're, we're meant to be pals. And that's the cool thing about old friends is that you really can I see this on the internet all the time, but you can go from not talking to them for months. And then as soon as you're together or as soon as you're mm-hmm. talking, it's like, there's no space in between. And that's such a, a precious feeling. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I love an old friendship vibe. That's it. If mm-hmm. I wanted to, let's make candles. Thank you for your candles that smell like old friendship. Molly. Um, <laughs> Molly, if you're listening, if you have if you're out there. sound in your house. Low blow candle co. <laughs> um, this is an ad now. We're this sponsors. is now an ad. We just moved. Apparently we just made ads for this podcast, which I'm here for. <laughs> Love the smell of old friends. Yes. Put it in a candle. <laughs> Perfect. So in today's episode, we're going to be talking to Crosby Norick. Speaking of old friends, cool Crosby totally has old friend vibes. I'm excited for you to meet her. We met through Jamie Jensen's mastermind, I believe is the first place that I came yeah. in contact with Crosby. I call her Queen Crosby because she also has that like old queen energy. She's just very royal and like down to earth and fun and stylish and all the things. And so, wow. yeah, she's she's a good one. And so... I don't know if you read her bio yet, did you? No, it's... Um, yeah, okay, so it's in the calendar. I mean, I, I did. No, 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 this is perfect. So it's long should and I, fun, and I think we should actually do... We should uh, read it creatively and go back and forth every other sentence or so. You can just drop whenever you want. How do you feel that about sounds, that? That sounds great. I say, let's do it. Let me make it a little bit bigger on my screen. Okay, great. Because doth eyes do deceive me. <laughs> 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 all right you ready yeah hold on, let me open it up again there we go okay <laughs> we're gonna shout you out on the pot oh wait too early communication is central to Crosby's work she is the founder of PR Couture oh wow the industry leading mm-hmm. career development platform for PR professionals which was recently acquired, acquired. by Generation with a J PR after 15 years in the online education space Crosby's vision. Oh, go ahead. I was going to stop. Oh, sorry. I was just going to popcorn. (laughs) I popcorn too preemptively. Keep going. (laughs) No, Crosby's vision. (laughs) Expertise and accessibility (laughs) have led her to educate, mentor, and inspire industry professionals and brands internationally for nearly 20 years. With the recent sale of her company comes a professional departure, or as we say these days, a pivot. A pivot. A pivot. <laughs> Crosby is now developing a new body of work as a somatic somatically trained. trained 
personal leadership coach, helping mm. women in and around life's midpoint to reimagine and reconfigure their lives and contributions for greater inner and outer congruence. Congruence. Ooh. We love to see it. Crosby is a certified empty out practitioner. I'm going to have to ask about that. Um, and body breath method guide. She has completed an integrative somatic parts work certificate and received training in the Uzazu method of emotional <laughs> intelligence. That might be U-Z-A-Z-U. I don't know, but we're you going with it. It's not Uzazu. Isn't that the bird from Lion King? It sounded a lot like the bird from Lion King, <laughs> but I'm sure there is more here. Method of emotional intelligence. You know, maybe that bird knew more than we thought. Yeah, that bird was an empath. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Crosby holds a master's degree in mass communication and media studies from San Diego State University and graduated Ooh. with honors from oh. Pitzer College with a combined degree in media studies and gender feminist studies. Ooh, those interested can sign up for her newsletter, Body of Work, and register for her free Unfurl Summer Collective Series at whereweunfurl.com. I love it. Alex, what does unfurl mean to you? Unfurl means like... I mean, it's going to sound a lot like the word, but it means uncurl to me, like un, un, like releasing yourself, like un, like you're you're coming out of a little crumply ball. Yeah, we're just like becoming the next version. Wonder what's in wow. there. Yeah. Right, well, I guess let's get into it. Meow, 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 meow. She's here. She's here. Queen Crosby. <sighs> Can I have every eight a.m. wake up like that? Uh. I know you're the real MVP. Thanks for being with us so early. It's my pleasure. We, we just did a, a very theatrical reading of your bio that I'm very excited about. <laughs> did you sing? Why is my phone still in my boobs? You did not know. sing. And I'm sorry. Now I feel like this um, is going to be disappointing when you hear it. But you know what? No. We can come up we can with something. We can auto-tune. Yeah. <laughs> we can put a little <laughs> beat behind little it. A little auto-tune would really work for me. Uh, make it special well welcome to the pod we're here surprise there was there's no room to breathe we just hopped right in great so crosby i start every podcast the same way and i ask who are you and how did you get here (laughs) so let's dive in Um, mm, it's casual at 8 a.m. Pacific, yeah, you know. casual. Just like morning musings. Morning musings. Who am I? What is the point of all things? Exactly. Yeah. Where have that's I been? Where, where am I going? Where are we going? Mm-hmm. Where are the roads that we might <laughs> the road? Oh, man. Okay. I get it. What are you unfurling into, you know? <sighs> man. So <clears throat> I would say at this stage, I am now someone who comes to the world with about 20 years of communications related expertise. Mm-hmm. And that comes from being a girl who really loved to write stories and put poems that she wrote and printed out on the front of her binder. And who was the girl making up fake Oprah like stories and pretending to be the model actress author whatever with friends thank goodness that was pre-youtube but really sort of like you know a childhood where i liked playing dress up i liked telling stories i liked writing stories and i tended to notice things in a way that maybe other people did not notice in the same way and the way that i chronicled that was through short stories 
and through poetry. And then I grew up into somebody who realized that you could help tell those stories and write that stuff as a career. And that seemed to be a pretty good fit. So that's kind of where I got started. And over the years, that has looked like pretty much everything that you can do more or less in that space. Agency work, in-house work, running my own freelance work, running my own business work, working with clients and individuals in everything from nonprofit to like, I once worked with a Norwegian cashmere brand, just kind of everything and anything. But for me, it's really been about how do we take the story that somebody has? How do we take their experience and use our words and language and ideas to help them do what they do for real? Like, how do we, that was really the original inspiration. How do I help a fashion designer, an artist? How do I take what I can do and then help them do what they do so that they can do it for real, so they can be a full-time artist in the world? Mm. And I think what I've come to is like, oh shit, I'm an art, I'm an artist. <laughs> oh, and rethinking all of that through the lens of, oh, what would I do if I had that idea in my head that I was an artist creator, contributor of beauty in the world or writing that makes people think, et cetera. And so I started to feel a little bit of a disconnect between the ways in which you know, working in PR and marketing and in like a career, the ways in which that was only letting me sort of live at a very surface level with people because it was always at the end of the day about how do we get that press? How do we get that covered? How do we grow that business? And while those are interesting questions and you can spend a lot of time there, and I know a lot about how to do that in various mm -hmm. ways, mm -hmm. I no longer wanted to just have that conversation. And I no longer wanted to just be the person that you went to for those specific things. And so I think that's when I started to notice a little bit of I don't know why I thought of sand in my clam, but that's kind of what it felt like. It was a little bit itchy, you know, it was just itchy. It was itchy. And I, it was just itchy. It was just a little itchy. And as things do, the itch got a little more intense. And, and I think what's, what's interesting about it is we can all just kind of continue going on as we're going on. And a lot of us do. And sometimes there's a catalyst and we're like, oops, this is the moment. Everything needs to shift. When my mom died, when I was 28, I remember having that. Okay, I gotta, I've gotta like leave, live, leave my life. I gotta go to Argentina. I have to make it all matter. I've gotta, you know, harness the moment. And so sometimes there's sort of like a, a catalyst. And then sometimes it's just a slow, sneaky, like a slow burn romance. that's sort of like going on because of the itchy, slow burn of it all. I think what's interesting is sort of looking at those moments and going, am I going to do anything about it? I could very easily stay in the career that I've been in. I've got now 15 years of quote unquote thought leadership and I've built a career and a reputation in this very specific area and it's done well. I've, I feel good about the work that I've done and the ways in which I've created community and a path and connection for so many people. And am I going to believe in myself enough to think, I think I can figure something else out that might be a better fit 15 years later. Oh, I think maybe that wasn't the end of the story. The story wasn't just girl creates first business and rides that into the sunset. Oh, I think there's something else that is asking to be seen, witnessed, born, et cetera. 
And so I would say the last two years have been really about figuring out like, okay, am I going to do it? How am I going to do it? How, how much do I believe that I can do it? <laughs> and all of the other things that come with the, the lack of huge catalyst way of deciding, oh, there's something else over here. Mm. Interesting. I think so many people, when we think about that, like next step and the next thing that's emerging in my mind, the way I write that story for other people is that they get the idea and then they just start doing it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and you know what the vision is. It's a very, well, here's my destination. Now I can go here. And, and as a coach, right, you're, it, you're in the business of believing in the possibility mm-hmm. and believing in the truth of what someone else might not be able to see for themselves. And so in partnership with someone else, you can tell me your business idea or your big hidden secret dream. And I'm like, okay, there's, there's strategy work, there's mindset, there's, let's get into it, let's do it. And then the person on the other end is, is also sitting with like, who, who do I need to become to do this? Who do I need to say goodbye to? in order to do this. There's grief there. There's so much around self-trust and self-belief. And right, and that's not like, you don't just hit a moment of, yeah, I trust myself. And then you operate at like level 10, trust myself all the time. It's a pendulum and different things are popping up and, mm-hmm. and all of that. So yeah, there's so much going on in the interior, right? Mm-hmm. Life of people. Mm-hmm. And then there's, in our current landscape, how I choose to present slash perform slash share that with the audience Mm -hmm. so that I can do creative, great work in the world and, and make a go of it and be able to do that, to do my art full time, whether my art is coaching or my art is painting or whatever. I'm very, very much lately thinking about life as art. Mm. I want my life to be my art. And so what does that mean? And the idea that the artist is the one who sort of lifts, pulls back the curtain or, or shines light into shadow or through language, through poetry, names things that feel unnameable in kind of the human psyche. And now at this stage of my life, that feels like a really interesting place to play as opposed to the standard yeah. structures. And I think too, in the online business space, we've reached a point where we figured a lot out. And now we're uncovering how much of that is grounded in things that really don't work for us. And I think a lot of, I I feel emboldened when I see a content creator, a blogger, a coach, who's been in this for a long time, go, I need, uh, I don't think this works for me anymore. And I I have yet to imagine what the next version is. And I feel like that's where I'm at. There's a lot that I see about how to build a business. And a lot of it I have done. I've done masterminds. I've done digital downloads. I've done the workshops. I've done the e-commerce, like anything that you could probably, any, you know, business model structure to sell things on the internet have played in that playground pretty thoroughly. Mm -hmm. And so when we're imagining what else could it look like, Mm -hmm. how else what other business models are out there? What's working for people? What are people craving right now? How do we how do we condense that into something that feels exciting again? Coming into building a second business 15 years after the first, like a lot has happened in the landscape. And so there's still heaps of opportunity and it's still, I think the most exciting and creative 
place to play in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. And because it's often a reflection of capitalist, white supremacist, et cetera, we end up inadvertently mirroring a lot of the things that we were trying to get away from mm-hmm. in the pursuit of being able to have financial stability and the kind of impact because we are big vision holders. And so for me right now, I was waiting a long time to have the full download dossier of like, what's next and how to do it and how to package it. And it got to the point where I had to just sort of be okay in the unknow- unknowing of it all and go, well, that that's its own that's its own path and its own thing. And so I'm in the process of of figuring that out and wanting to be really slow and mindful about how I do that. Mm. Is slow and mindful really the slow part? I feel like you're pretty mindful, but is slow new and different for you or have you always? Oh, yes. Yeah. I would really prefer to have, especially with, with my marketing background, I would so much prefer the full package, the full branded, like, let me show you this whole robust new thing. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. sitting in the unfurling, yeah, not coming out of the gate and saying, well, here's my new second, you know, here's my new business. Here's the new direction. It's fully flat. I've got it all ready to go for you. Mm-hmm. I think there was, I would like for that to exist. And that's not exactly what exists. This is asking for a different level of relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, this is asking for me to take myself seriously mm-hmm. in a way that I don't think just jumping into another sort of service focused business, mm-hmm. like I'd be able to bypass it a little bit and yeah. I don't want to bypass it. So the, I just got chills. The, the idea of that being a version of taking yourself seriously is going slow. <laughs> that hit for me. Yeah. Um, especially just thinking about like right after that, I think you said something about jumping into the next thing. And my brain, of course, made the mirror to relationships and yep. like the, the pacing of immaturity versus maturity, perhaps. And the pacing of someone with self-love and boundaries and the ability to be in the uncomfortable, awkward, quiet, whatever it is. Yeah. To be in the like, alone, really. Right. I yeah. Mean, it's hard. We get, you know, there's a breakup and the, the, the human response is, well, let me go out. Let me get on my apps. Let me, let me, you know, like gotta get another one. Yeah. Definitely don't want to like, you know, I couldn't the, sit here and feel my sadness. That would suck. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> the, like the, the point is to be in a real, is to be in the relationship. So now I don't have this one. I'm going to go get another one. Yeah. Yeah. And that's very, yeah, of course, very similar to our own relationship with our own like creative work mm-hmm. or the way that we present our mm-hmm. businesses online. And yes, to sort of be willing to say, I don't have it all figured out quite yet. Mm -hmm. I know some things I'm sitting with what I've learned, the difference between reading a book and teaching it versus reading a book, assimilating, integrating, having your own distinct additional contribution, and then coming and saying, hey, here was a book that was a catalyst. Here's some stuff I figured out. Very different from okay, I got a boyfriend. Let me tell you everything about how I did, how I did that. Three months, three months in, (laughs) two months in, I figured it out. It's all, you know, versus my partnership, we're going on nine years. Mm -hmm. Like 
that's a different right that's a different conversation and level of of level of connection to something to someone to to yourself inside of that mm. and i think it's a lot of it is kind of what i want this work to be about <clears throat> is that experience of of integration and so I think it came through somatics because as kind of a step one, I was, I had the sort of aha of like, oh, I have a body. I forgot. I forgot. Why do I always forget that I have a body? And there's pleasure in my body. There's a sense of connection to the greater all in my body. Like, oh, that's really interesting and poignant and important as somebody who likes being smart, likes working with other smart people, loves into like very intellectually curious. Mm -hmm. And I had this, this sort of pandemic fueled aha, where I was starting to take these little dance classes in my kitchen and just have fun moving and being like, I have an art, I have an art, <laughs> like just like very bizarre yeah. being like, I just, this whole part was shut down. And so I, so originally it was sort of like, oh, I just, I want to, I want that's, that has been fully kind of integrated into my body. And so that feels like something turning on that light switch for people. You know, I'm not just a head. I'm not like a, a, a balloon floating around with a tiny string and like my body's a string and like, but I'm all up here. I thought that was really useful and I wanted to kind of bring that into the conversation. But as I study more and as I explore all that's out there, where I'm at now is sort of, it's, it's less of a, oh, I'm a head and a body and like maybe they could talk to each other. It's become, oh, my entire physical existence is a is a system mm. it's, a, it's a it's a whole magic fascinating because <laughs> you know there's all this stuff that's happening that is supporting me in my ability to do things and to feel things and to know things and system feels a little like clinical so sometimes like ecosystem can feel better because we were all in like seventh grade science and we kind of like know what that is mm -hmm. but I think for so many of us, we're living like a little bit above our bodies, right? Like our, our presence. And we're kind of like, yeah, I got to carry this thing around, but I'm, I'm a little bit above it. And I think the, the radical act of, of that integration, I'm an entire system. I have an arm and a leg and a, and they've all, and everything can talk to me. And I have more input here. I have more information. I have more of a sense of my own solidity my own existence mm -hmm. and what does it look like if i start to make decisions and to experience myself in the world as that fully embodied system expression of of human beingness that when when everything is trying to pull me out right when my phone's trying to pull me out of my body when stress and worry and overwhelm and you know, impending societal collapse is trying to pull me out. Mm -hmm. What what happens if I stay in? And I think what I have found is that the longer that I can stay in, the more I can very clearly and confidently make decisions that are about my own desire, as opposed to what I believe somebody else wants for me or what I think the world wants for me or what I 20 years ago thought was the thing of how you become, you know, a successful, responsible, contributory human being in our world. <clears throat> and so 
So that's some, that's some stuff that I've figured out Yeah. and, and it's slow. <laughs> it's, and it's, and it requires me to prioritize it, mm-hmm. which can be tough because there's a lot of other stuff going on and, and in transition, right? There's always, there's two, there's a, there's a grieving process. And I was very aware, right? That saying goodbye to my first business was gonna, was going to require me to grieve. Mm -hmm. And grief, as we know, is not something that like, you know, has a 90 day timeline, and then you get a certificate of completion, and then you like move on with your life. And so I am still right It was 15 years of my life, where every day I went to the same website, and I opened up the same email, and I knew a a wide community of people and they knew me Mm -hmm. and I had certain roles and responsibilities and there were you know offers and there were there was a content strategy you know all of that to go from that to like oh I haven't checked that inbox in like two weeks huh that's really interesting and reconciling my thoughts about that whole experience which is not just something that like I can sit down for an hour and, and figure out it's sort of a constant companion with me. So I'm processing what ha- what has happened mm-hmm. and what is now true. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, like you were saying very much being like, oh, I wish I could just, can I just get that second point? Like, where's my, where's my, where's my next, where's the next one? So that I can, you know, so that I can have some of that, like that constraint or I can have that check you know that I can have it it's like a container it's a project it's a thing to focus on it gives you some identity like whether it's relationship or the next thing you're launching or the thing that I'm focused on like it I think it gives the illusion of grounding you like it feels grounding when you have the thing because you're digging in your stakes this is what's happening this is where we're camping out and this is where my attention should go and I've got this thing and right and then you know we find very right, easily without all the that, with all the without the mindfulness of all of that like we can spend our entire lives just jumping from one box to the other box to the other box mm-hmm. and i think there's a lot in the jump or there's a lot in the space between mm-hmm. and our unwillingness often to sit in that ultimately mm-hmm. results in you know it might feel better in the short term but long term there's no way there's no way around Mm-hmm. the grief there's no way around the burnout recovery there's no way around the difficult conversations than to just mm-hmm. be in it with yourself and and build those that aptitude and that and and that you know proof that we did something we did something uncomfortable and like we didn't die over right. and over and over again <laughs> which doesn't maybe maybe make that part go away but it makes our our knowledge and our ability to supersede it or to mm-hmm. exist beyond it and to keep going right mm-hmm. more more clear we have more evidence for that at least totally it's so interesting thinking about this too cuz i'm kind of just you know self reflecting as i'm listening and something that i feel like has shifted hugely for me in the last year is So like, I've always, not always, but like over the last 10 years, whatever, I've developed this like awareness of what we're talking about and somatic healing. And like, I've done the breath work training and the embody training and whatever. So I like kind of figured it out for, for myself to a certain degree, didn't figure it out all the way, but like, it's a practice I'm there. Like, I feel like I invest in that account. 
what I didn't realize until recently was like how much I was still doing that and like out of the experience, like really with my kids, which is like weird. Like I get a lot of feedback. They're like, oh my God, you are such a good mom. And for years I've been like, I hear what you're saying and I know what you're seeing. And I, I get, I get, thank you. And like something there, I had like a little bit of distance and doing kind of like figuring that out and really doing the work of like unpacking all of the things and looking at like, what does it mean to be raised by emotionally immature parents? And what does that leave you with? And who did you learn disconnection from? And why does disconnection maybe feel like love to you? Right? Like, oh, you can do this differently and all that shit. Yeah. That, that to me in this moment, is like the most meaningful piece of this. Like, cause I use all of these things to like make more money in my business, right? Like to get sales flowing and blah, 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 to like make better decisions, to trust yourself. Great entrepreneurial journey. Yep. However, <laughs> the home side of this yep. is like really wild to me. And perhaps like the most valuable piece of this, where I feel so much like we use the word closer, but I mean, like literally like, oh, I can, I can be here. And it wasn't about avoiding anyone else. It was about avoiding myself. And like being fully present and vulnerable and trusting myself to figure it out moment to moment versus like meeting the plan and the things that we're doing, even, you know, like going to the pool and then we have this play date and da, 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 like, stop. There's a lot more chill happening here in this season. Um, And like that to me is like fascinating as well. Yeah. I think when I, I did a certification for something called empty out which is it's on my list of things to ask you about I'm glad you're here okay so empty out I love because it's such a it's such an easy introduction to this work right sometimes we get into this embodiment rewilding somatic whatever you know and it's like it's ecstatic dance in Bali or it's Mm -hmm. um, you know something that's very much in a therapeutic context right for trauma PTSD etc and there's like a lot that's kind of in the middle of that and so if you don't really love you know dancing under the bullion full moon with a bunch of strangers that that's not really you know it's kind of be difficult to find your yeah your version of it yeah and so what I love about empty out is it's just it's so easy. It doesn't require no like choreography to learn. It's not super, it's, it, it can be buoyant and expressive and I don't know, more extroverted, or it can be like incredibly, incredibly yin and incredibly soft. But when I, when I discovered that program, a couple of the women in the teacher training had mm-hmm. kids and the way that they had learned this, there was a woman with I think two daughters. Mm-hmm. And she would use this empty out practice. She had one child, right? Sometimes kids, you have a kid who holds a, holds a lot in, you know, right until about bedtime and then it all comes out and it's chaos. Mm-hmm. And so, and I, and I thought from a perspective of, of family, right? Another system, this also provides such a, such a critical layer of, of not only, right? How am I as mom managing my patience, my accessibility, my true, that, that holding yourself back just a little because, because the love is so profound and devastating and, you know, and right there all the time makes total sense to me. Having shared language within your, within your family around how do we, how do we move through energy that's not ours? How do we, how do we teach our, our kids? And by teaching our kids, teach ourselves you know, exactly. the question of, 
where does that, you know, little stuff, where does the anger live in your body? What does that feel like? When that happened, you know, did you notice anything? Oh, it seems like your face got a little hot. Giving language that we often, you know, did not have modeled to kind of, to kind of have that and to be able to say too, from a, from our own experience, you know, when, when we realize that we need to have some, you know, some repair with our kids too, is like reflecting that back. I felt this way. My stomach gets really tight. It's really hard for me to breathe in those moments when you're screaming, like, you know, in, you know, once everything's calmed down or we're kind of connecting is to sort of, I think it opens up the, the dialogue that like mom's a person and, Mm -hmm. and kids are, and everybody, you know, we can also relax and and relax into the, the system, the love bond, like whatever that is, right? Mm-hmm. To sort of mm-hmm. say that like we as we as a group can get to the pool okay. We all can carry pieces of this and I don't have to carry all of the pieces of it. I had a experience that was similar with my partner where I was like, I had read something about, I don't know, something energy related. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, I think I have had my I think I've had my energy shut down. Like I, I've had a, I've had a little, a little igloo around myself. Mm. And so I was just sitting there at night and I was like playing with like, can I feel him? Like, can mm-hmm. I take a breath and kind of, and I was like, oh, I think I've been completely unbeknownst to myself. I think I've been a little shut down, closed off for all the reasons that you're talking about. Right. Mm-hmm. But if I really, what if I'm fully in, then the risk, right. The risk goes up yeah. and and also what I got was like, oh, there's a whole other human being here that I can like, that I can relax my hold a little bit on myself, on what we're doing, on the next plan, on the dish. Like I can just, right? Like mm-hmm. there's more here. Mm-hmm. Um, and without these practices, tools, invitations to explore this, I wouldn't uncover such additional layered nuance and experience that ultimately makes me feel more connected to myself, more connected to my kid, more connected to, you know, to all of my relationships and to this little new business baby that's also, you know, mm-hmm. learning how to stick her bottle in yeah. her mouth, you yeah, know? That's like, what it is. Yeah. We're like, forming, creating, really. Yeah. And I just, I just think, you know, there is, there is so much that and I, well, I'll say I'm often frustrated by like only being able to have like one version of my life in this life and wanting to be so many different versions and have so many different, like if I could just, you know, if there could just be like a multiverse that I could just pop in and out of, I think that would be really satisfying. And, and so alongside that, I have a, I have a, a sort of concern around just letting life happen to me. Mm-hmm. And I think this, you know, some of it comes from, you know, from losing my mom and having that really critical moment of grief at that sort of Saturn return moment where, I, you know, sort of like midlife, first mid, first mm-hmm. crisis, mm-hmm. life crisis. And then just having having a little bit more attunement to that but what i think is is important to talk about is the ways in which we're talking we're talking ourselves out of doing the things that we actually want to do mm-hmm. the ways in which we deprioritize what's actually really important to us mm-hmm. and the ways in which that keeps us just 
in the minutiae of the mundane, you know, we get up and we take a shower and we have some cereal and we did, you know, right. It's like, and there's so, from, from yeah. aliveness. Yeah. Yeah. And, and over time, habitually, no wonder it's very difficult for so many of us to answer the question, what do I actually want? What does happiness look like? What, where do I actually want to go? Do I trust that I actually know what's good for me? There's, there's a little line. I love this little moment in like a Gilmore Girls episode where Lorelai's eating a Pop-Tart and she's like staring at the Pop-Tart and she's like, do I even like Pop-Tarts or is it because I couldn't have Pop-Tarts growing up and, you know, Ginny McKinney or whatever, like mm-hmm. we got to have them at her house. And now like as an adult, I buy myself Pop-Tarts all the time because I can, you know, but like, is it really the Pop-Tart or is the Pop-Tart just this like representation of like teen rebellion and like, who am I? Right. So she's having an existential crisis over her Pop-Tart. Mm-hmm. which I relate to. It's so real. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and so I think, I think the conversation that I'm interested in having and the, and the support and the way in which I, I want to sort of help is by tapping back in to tapping back into agency and risk and, and like self permission to switch things up a little bit to and to say what we want out loud. I have noticed for sure that we call it in my family um, peering into the void, right? And we're always kind of like, you know, sometimes you're a little bit closer and usually one person's a little bit closer to the void than the other. But what pulls me out of the void every single time is telling the truth, is, is not swallowing all of the infinitesimal things that I just swallow but to actually say what i need what i think what i'm ruminating what's bothering me what's interesting to me to be able to say that out loud to be witnessed in that and to then trust in my own ability to take action or not based on what has happened and how it feels in my body and how i feel after telling the truth I just had an experience like that where I told the truth and I was able to do like four hard things that had been really tough for me to do. Next morning I woke up and I was like, oh, suddenly I'm able to like make dinner and I'm able to exercise and I'm able to um, have a different experience uh, at work. I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm in a, what's changed? I didn't sleep more. I didn't, I was like, oh, I had an honest conversation with my partner about what I want. Oh, fascinating fascinating right I love I want it to be more complicated than that like I was but like no what's complicated is overthinking it is the uh, yeah is the not is the other part yeah yeah I love that that boils down to like tell the truth I find you know this is this is very human I think what we're talking about and I know for myself like I am practicing like expressing myself even if you didn't ask me a question, like I want to be asked, I want you to help me unfurl. I do not want to do it to myself. Like I, that's what I do for everyone. You know what I mean? I can ask the questions. Everyone will tell me everything. And I will tell you a couple things and it will appear that I have been vulnerable. Yeah. When really, <laughs> right? Like I maybe that's just you. being appropriate too, but like in yeah. my intimate relationships with the people like closest to me, it really has been a practice, even with my like best platonic friends to yep. start to like, oh, I'm going to take up space now. I'm going to talk about something without knowing where I'm going. I'm going to tell you like how I feel, even though 
it's probably going to change. And like, that's okay. I get to be where I am too. I don't have to tell you like, but I know it's this, or I've intellectualized this or like, but I know right, that or I've, I've gotten a lesson or this is just blah, blah, yeah. blah. And I, I, know, I know all that. It's and not I always like this. It's hard for everyone. Like I don't stop yeah. and like actually yeah. hold space for myself and allow someone to hold space to, and yeah. to assume that they want to that it's not a burden to be like held or heard or anything right, that like they're that. they're as interested in doing that for you the yeah. way that you instinctively do that <laughs> for knew? them. Who knew? I could just... Again, going back to the emotionally immature parent thing, if you haven't read that book, make sure you check it out. I had an experience where, you know, friends going through a hard time. And I think we do this. I was, I was reflecting on this last night. Friends going through a hard time, right? You're providing support. There's texting back and forth. And then like you have some stuff too. So you like insert a text about like what's going on for you but then you don't want to feel like you're stealing the you're not not acknowledging that like maybe there's this worse or there's this bigger or whatever but like you also know enough to know that like your experience has validity Mm -hmm. and then you're like but let me also do this text about this other thing that we're talking about for you to like indicate that like this is just an aside and Mm -hmm. i've noticed that like i will do that a lot i'll i'll insert my stuff as an aside interesting because because it often feels or I either feel more more able to deal with it just on my own. I think that's another part of maturity is like looking at your friendships and what you require of them versus what you're able to facilitate on your own. So some of that is that but it's also like just I thought it was an interesting nuances of female friendship when you get into those like, who's getting the support right now and who needs the most support right now. And then where do my needs go? When I'm supporting and can you support me even when everything is falling apart? I think the courage even to like ask questions and to talk about capacity openly is so life-changing in relationships too, of just like, Hey, do you have space for this? Hey, can I just talk for a minute? Like, I don't need anything. I just need to be listened to, or, Hey, like, can I get your advice? Like asking is cool. (laughs) And like, and when you can trust the other person to tell, you no, sometimes like, Oh, it's a whole not together. And to be like, okay, cool. I totally get it. And to not be like, Oh, I'm that's a, that's not, like, I don't feel rejected. I feel right. like, good job. I feel like, you know, to my friend. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like, look what she, that's yeah, great. It builds I, trust. When yeah. you have a boundary with me, I trust you more because I understand that like you are making decisions for you and you're not just pleasing me all the time. Yes. And like, yes. we want that. And like, I think that's a gift we can give to people too. And we see it as such a like, oh my God. And it is very real. The guilt that can come up after, you know, giving a boundary when it's new because because we didn't learn that that wasn't a thing that was you know brought up in childhood necessarily and I think that's a really interesting thing that like you can bring up now in your relationships we are doing this together especially in conscious friendships like this is where that magic kind of happens and it is like weirdly healing and sometimes deep and sometimes it's surface and you don't have to talk about it but like I, that to me is revolutionary because we're really changing like ourselves in the moment by being different. And I feel like that is the ripple effect that actually like interpersonally creates change. I want my kids to have boundaries. I don't want them to go to everyone's house. And like thinking back to the decisions I made when you're all fine, I'm here. But at the same time, like, oh, what would have a boundary looked like? (laughs) What would self-trust have looked like in this situation? You know, if I had had more of that esteem and sense of self yeah I wouldn't have been quite so wobbly into okay you know whoever wants to invite me over whoever wants to pay me a little bit of attention whoever wants to you know to let me be a part of the thing I want to do it right um, I think me belonging yeah like I had zero discernment in that 
mm-hmm. in that area. Mm-hmm. And yes, and I love so much in adult friendships, the ability to that question of like, you know, do you have the capacity for this or like, or can I just use our text exchange to vent a huge paragraph or mm-hmm. can you just read this and, you know, and provide some direct feedback or can you just mm-hmm. like read this and like give me an emoji of like how it makes you feel? I'm just trying to gauge like, you know, and and to have that kind of relationship, especially as as we age and thinking too specifically female, like, like statistically, we're probably going to outlive we're probably going to be like the ones left and so (laughs) so how can we how can we now nourish those friendships put them on a you know put them on this really 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 important you know like prioritization yeah and i think about like my grandma who one time in this like offhand remark was like, well, my friends are dead, you know, like just in this very like, but I think about like that experience, like we have an ability, we have, we have reimagined so much, right? Like A, we're going to be a bunch of like tattooed 90 year olds or whatever, you know, but we've, we've shifted so much culturally and I'm excited about the idea of being with these women in my seventies, you know, like being being and reimagining community, family, adventure. And I think it starts, right? It starts in, it starts earlier when we really are able to show up for one another and to bring our full selves to the friendship too, to your point around like, oh, they're as interested in helping me as I am, or they're as curious about my thoughts as I am about their thoughts and and taking up a little bit more of that of that space and, and bringing what I have learned, you know, it's, it's so wonderful to come in and go, Hey, did you know that, you know, you could do X, Y, Z? Like I see you overwhelmed and stressed and disconnected and I get there too really easily. And I figured out a couple of things like, have you, you know, the sort of like, not to be, I do this with my, when my friends who's a mom and I'm like, not to be the, like, have you tried mom, but like, have you tried? you know and mm-hmm. and she'll do that back to me you know whether it's kids snacks or a difficult conversation or a way to approach something or a way to think about something it's so those those conscious friendships are so so important and are so rich and give me so much same favorite yeah. favorite thing one of my favorite things and so proud of us that like we we made it you know a lot of my friends we've been friends for a long time you know i have a friend who I talk to every day on Marco Polo. We've been friends since we were 14. Like mm-hmm. I'm 43. Like that is a long ass friendship mm-hmm. to be just, you know, shooting the shit about our home goods trips to each other yeah. on Marco Polo, you know, like yeah, so many years absolutely. later. But like, that's the power of so community. Like yeah. it's different to be in friendships and doing all the things, the hard things, the trying to trust when you're like also with people that you can see like, and you believe in them so fully yeah. <laughs> and that on the days where they're questioning everything, you're like, totally here. You can hold space for that. Also, like, I still see the vision, like you're good. Yeah. I'm, I'm here. Yep. Oh my God. Having someone do that back to you, like is incredibly uncomfortable at first and vulnerable. And like, wow, that's a lot to be like actually held and seen. And wow. I cannot imagine doing it totally alone. You know what I, I mean? And that's reliant on like alone, my own like, brain and my own Get my own early circular like, thinking and my own yeah. yeah 
my own list of things that have been proven in my mind to be true. Right. Yes, absolutely. Yep. Well, this has been a beautiful conversation. Mm. I like how it unfurled for people who are listening and like want to learn more and really like on a basic level, we talked about a lot today and kind of like the ups and downs and the big picture. And then some of the very like day-to-day ways this shows up and how things can change. I'm wondering, Crosby, do you have like, is there like a start here? Like one thing, even when you said before, like, oh my God, I have a body, like (laughs) that's weird. You know what I mean? And in a good way, we're like, yeah, I have a similar experience. Like you spend so many years ignoring it and trying to change it and just like putting things on it to make it look a different way. Yep. But like, and then being frustrated when it doesn't look the way that you, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And so like all of this is important. I'm wondering just intuitively if there's like a, a, a do this or a invitation to try something here. Yeah. I, so, well, so many ways that I could take this, but the one that comes to mind mm-hmm. is just simply putting your own hands on your own body and asking yourself, like, how, how am I doing? How am I doing? Because we, we often just go, 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 and we don't, right? And you can't tell the truth if you haven't acknowledged the truth to yourself. And our body has a lot of opinions and feelings about various things. And I think, too, along with that, especially for women, I, I know for me, putting my hand on my belly I don't want to do it. I don't want to do, I don't want to do it. Especially, I don't know if it's postpartum, like postpartum mom bot, like, I don't know. I just don't. But if I can't put my hand on my own belly, how can I be in real intimacy with myself or to invite other people to be in greater, you know, congruence with themselves? And that one act, hand on heart, hand on belly can be radically uncomfortable and instructive. And so getting comfortable with just like, my hand is on my heart and I'm breathing. I can feel my heart beating. My hand is on my my belly. I have a belly. There it is, I'm touching it. <laughs> okay, now I'm gonna take some breaths. How am I doing? Like, can I can I bring that level of kindness and sort of sweetness and then can I really ask the question and listen for the response Mm -hmm. just turning on the sort of like inner light switch like I like to think of sort of all the cells kind of like waking up and like glittering inside my body and being like here we are Mm -hmm. like thank you so much for seeing us and then and then I and then I do cellular breathing which is basically as you're breathing you imagine your cells kind of turning on and lifting up or flipping over kind of, you know, we have, we have that. And then suddenly you're like, oh, I'm an entire breathing sis. Like, oh, everybody's, everybody's online. Mm. That, that is really powerful. And one can do that in, you know, about three minutes. If one is brave enough to sort of like, you know, hand to heart hand. And if, you know, if the belly, if you're not ready for the belly, fine, knees, under your butt, like hold your elbows, like whatever. But we spend so much time, I think, like hiding and wanting it to not to be here and wanting to not be here. And so that kind of groundedness and then realizing that like, you know, you're an entire 
magical galaxy star system of cells and everything's here and we're all you know it's all humming and to imagine you know them getting cleansed out or them you know jumping up and down and being excited about a task that you're going to give them or just thinking about the ways that they keep you walking and breathing and digesting and like all of this stuff right can just and then moving out into the world as a slightly more grounded connected being i think is a really beautiful way to start love it thank you so much thank you so much if you're listening and you want to sign up for crosby's newsletter which is fucking perfectly titled body of work you can do that you can also register for her free unfurl summer collective series at where we unfurl.com and if that URL is being stupid, you can just go to crossbynorix.com because Perfect. I love that. apparently I love it's a URL forward that works about half the time, it seems like. That's uh, But yeah, crossbynorix.com has the stuff. I love it. I love you. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for you. inviting me. I always love our conversations. Me too. Let's have more. I agree. All right. Well, All right. thank you so much for generously sharing your heart and mind and bod with us. thank you for you thank you for you hey it's erin and i want you to know that you matter everything you're doing and everything you've done it all matters it all counts because you are important to the people around you, your family and friends, your audience, your clients, and quite honestly, to the world. Whether you're changing lives on the front line or changing lives while you're changing diapers, your presence matters. Every life you touch counts. And from just one interaction, there can be infinite, meaningful effects. And for that reason, I want to thank you for showing up and doing the work to be with yourself and share your light and your gifts and your love with those around you. If you want support with any of this human being stuff, you're always welcome to join me inside of my coaching membership, Human Being Club at humanbeingclub.com or follow along with me on Instagram for more behind the scenes, silly stuff at Erin Lindstrom. Once again, thank you for being here and thank you for you.